Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hi, and welcome back to the show. So we want to talk about the mortgage rule changes in Canada on today's episode. And if you've been following the podcast and if you're a regular listener, you know that I've done a couple of episodes all about the mortgage rule changes already. I interviewed Jamie Johnston, broker of record for Remax Condos Plus, um, and we talked about his take on the mortgage rule changes and how they might affect the market. I also interviewed James Laird from Canwise and RateHub, huge mortgage brokerage uh, group to talk about it and see what his take was on it. And I've had about a week or so to think about it, so I wanted to give you some of my thoughts now on the market. The first thing, the first caveat, though, for this whole conversation is to really say that we don't know all of the rules and exactly how um, they're going to be implemented yet. So we're still waiting on details, on, on all the details from the government, um, which we don't have. So um, there's still some waiting and uncertainty around what exactly all the rule changes actually are. So a lot of this, uh, you know, take, take it all with a grain of salt until we actually know what, what the exact um, re- new requirements are going to be across the board. We know most of it, but we don't know all of it and, and the nitty-gritty details. So consider that, of course, as we continue. But we, we do have a pretty good idea of the direction of, of what's happening here, and we have a pretty good sense, at least, of what the government is attempting to do which, of course, is to slow down the real estate market in Canada. And in particular, uh, in, in the top cities of Vancouver and Toronto, they're really looking to ease things up. And obviously, it, it does make sense on the surface that they'd be looking to do that. When you look at um, prices in Vancouver and Toronto that have been increasing um, into the high double digits, over the past year or two, um, it certainly makes sense to um, to to want to that not to continue, because when, if it did continue, that sort of growth and this sort of uh, explosion in prices is certainly not a sustainable pattern. That, especially we as Canadians uh, in our conservative ways, we we don't want to see that happening. So, what do we know for sure? Well, we know that the government has greatly restricted the ability of people to borrow money who are putting less than 20% down, which essentially, for all intents and purposes, we're talking about first-time buyers. So, And for some second-time buyers as well, but mostly we're talking about first-time buyers. So essentially what the government has done is they have, in effect, increased prices of all real estate by about 20% for all first-time buyers. So if you're a first-time buyer out there looking and a month ago and you're thinking, I'm going to buy something uh, at you know 500000 well, the price of that same piece of real estate, in effect to you, uh, that, that price has jumped up 20%. Your ability to purchase is down 20% from what it once was a few weeks ago. So you're, you're basically looking at everything is increased in price by 20% for you, the first-time buyer, somebody with less than 20% down. We also 
what else has the government done? Well, they've basically added, talk about the GTA specifically, they've added thousands of new renters to the market. So every year there's a turnover from, if you look at the whole pool of people in the, in the city, there's a, there's a turnover from people who go from renting to owning. So new owners are created every year as, as first-time buyers enter the marketplace. They cease to be renters. They, they become first-time buyers. And on the other side, new renters are added to the marketplace every year as they leave the nest, as they uh, leave their parents' houses, as they you know come of age, and as new people just move and migrate into the city, both from within Canada and from outside of Canada, the vast majority of those people who are coming in as brand new are renting. And so you have this continuous movement of people through the cycle from not in the market to in the rental market to in the ownership market. And basically the government has just added thousands of, of new renters into the rental market. All these people who were going to be buying this year are not able to buy anymore. They're simply, simply, they simply cannot afford it. So you have thousands and thousands, the exact number is, is really hard to measure. Um, but you've got thousands of new renters who are suddenly in the market for rentals that were not there before. Um, affordability has pushed them out of owner, the ownership market and they will stay in the rental market as more people, of course, are coming into the city, as people are coming of age and moving out of their parents' houses, as they always do, that rental pool will continue to grow as it does, but suddenly all these people who were supposed to leave the rental pool and become owners are now staying in the rental pool. So the government has done that. They've added thousands of renters. And possibly, maybe, what the government has done is they might have raised interest rates, mortgage rates, but they've done it in an indirect way. So based on what we know and what we've heard so far, it seems like the government in a sort of backhanded way, they're looking for creative ways to raise interest rates without raising interest rates uh, because the wider economy couldn't handle it. Um, so it seems as though they've, they've in effect raised costs and prices for lenders to lend money. And so the thinking from a lot of people in the industry is that mortgage rates could go up a little bit to accommodate for the decrease in their profitability. They're going to pass those new costs on along to the consumer, the person looking for the mortgage. So that is potentially what has happened. Um, again, we, we don't know how that's all going to play out exactly, but it looks like that they might, the government might have been looking to achieve something like that, which is kind of sneaky and, and kind of creative at the same time, if that is in fact what they've, what they've done. So that's what the government's done. That's what we sort of know at this point. What does all this mean? Well, I think it, it basically means the market is going to change. We... We know that now. Um, there's no sense in fighting it or in debating that. The market will definitely change from these new mortgage rules. Exactly how the market is going to change, we don't know. We're going to have to wait it out and see how the market responds. Um, again, how many renters will stay renters? How many 
um, you know, move up buyers will not move up. will just stay where they are. Um, how many people will, who were refinancing their homes will no longer refinance their homes and, and not invest that money back into the economy. Um, a number of, th- a number of, there's so many moving parts with this. Well, it'll, it's very difficult to know exactly how this is going to play out and how the market will change exactly, whether it goes up, down, sideways, or somewhere else. We don't know. Um, but the market is, is going to go through a, is going to go through a period of change over the coming months. Well, what do we know about change? We know that people don't like change. People are afraid of change. And um, we know that when people are afraid, they will often and always make bad decisions. So if you're acting uh, out of a place of fear, you're going to make a bad decision as opposed to acting in a rational state. And we know that, especially with real estate, real estate is a very irrational sort of a market. People um, tend to buy real estate and sell real estate based on emotion more than anything else. Um, and there are certainly a lot of emotions and uh, and fears circulating around for some segments of the market right now. So that will play itself out and we'll have to see how that um you know, what, what that actually looks like, we don't know. So what's my advice? What is my, you know, if I'm speaking to you, the condo investor, what do I have to say to you? Well, what I'd say is don't be afraid, just be smart. So you, you don't want to act out of fear. You don't want to act irrationally. You just want to acknowledge, yes, the market is going to change. But there's no need to fear that change. It's just it's something that's happening. It's something that is always happening in the market. The market is constantly changing. And as the market changes, it creates new challenges and it creates new opportunities. So in any market, there's always winners and losers. The winners tend to be those people who are remaining rational when other people are acting irrational. The winners tend to be people who are... Um, not reacting out of fear, but are being smart and making smart decisions, uh, not based on fearing the just the sheer fact that some change has happened. Now, what this sort of looks like to me is this is a sort of a classic case of the rich getting richer. And what I mean by that is that the government is is sort of rigging the deck against the people at the bottom end of the spectrum and uh, the the first-time buyers the people who don't have a lot of money are going to face this um, these changes the hardest it's going to be the hardest on them and meanwhile the people who are already entrenched in the market real estate investors who own multiple properties they potentially stand to benefit from these changes more than anyone else, assuming that they, again, act rationally and keep their heads on and don't do anything um, stupid or do anything out of a fearful sort of state of thinking and of mind. So it looks to me like with this massive influx of new renters that rental rates in the next 12 months will probably go up 
even more than they're going up right now, which is to say they're going to go up a lot. Um, so if, if you look at how rental rates have been increasing in the past year, which is higher than any time in the last five years or so, uh, those rental rates will probably increase even more because there's just a lot, the pool of renters is a lot larger than it ever was. Um, also, the demand for smaller condos, which if you've been following me for any length of time, you know that I am a big fan of studios and one of my cardinal rules of thumb of investing is to buy the smallest unit of a given type and generally you can't go wrong with that type of a unit. So if you own smaller, cheaper units and smaller, cheaper um, real estate, the demand for that type of real estate is going to increase dramatically over the next year as well. So because it comes down to affordability, more and more people are priced out of the higher end of the market, but they still want to buy something. They still need to live somewhere. The product that is on the lower end of the market will always benefit the most. Um, if you're buying something that is the most affordable that will always have the largest number of potential um, tenants customers for that sort of a product um, if you've got the cheapest price and basically what the government has just done is given those people like myself and many of my clients who own this these small um, units a huge boost a huge shot in the arm a huge here's you know you had four customers before looking now you've got Here's another 10 um, for this type of product, both on the rental side and on the purchasing, the resale market. So um, there, there's going to be certainly uh, new pressures, perhaps upward pressure on pricing on, the, on anything on the low end of the market. So it's, it's looking like, once again, rich get richer sort of a scenario. If, if those who are already entrenched in the market, those who already control the assets will continue to benefit to a greater degree, while those who don't control any assets will potentially um, continue, you know, will actually be in a worse position. So um, probably wasn't the government's intention to, uh, to do that, but for every action, there's a equal and opposite reaction, right? So um, government's trying to plug one hole in the bucket, but there just forces more water out another hole somewhere else. Um, that's, uh, that'll be certainly something interesting to watch. But my main takeaways for you on this podcast, again, is just to not be afraid to not act out of fear, to keep your head on as, as a condo investor, to think rationally, and to, most importantly, understand that whenever there's a change in the market, whatever that change is, up, down, left, right, sideways, whatever it is, when there's change, there's new opportunities that emerge from that change. And if you are thinking strategically and acting strategically, you will always benefit versus if you are you know, basically doing what the masses do, which is act out of fear and act irrationally, you're just going to be, you're going to lose and the market is going to chew you up and spit you out. So that's I hopefully, hopefully good advice for this market or any market, whether you're listening to this right now in October 2016, or whether you're listening to this in, you know, 10 years from now, and who knows what uh, challenges or, or opportunities might be in that market at that time. But if you 
understand that basic concept of not acting out of fear and acting rationally and taking advantage of changes in the market rather than seeing it as a time to flee the market or, or do something irrational, then that's where winners are made and that's where um, you know fortunes are often made in, in, in times like this. Maybe uh, this is a smaller scale sort of thing in the big picture, but if you apply that concept to across the board over a long period of time, that's where fortunes um, are made. So hopefully you found this conversation useful and you got something good from it. If you did, you can go ahead and share this with somebody that you know. That would be great. Much appreciated. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If you got uh, an iPhone or an iPad or any um, iOS device, make sure you subscribe on iTunes. If you're on Android, you can subscribe on Stitcher. And that's the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. Okay, thank you very much for listening. And until next time, talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.